Welcome to another edition of the Litigation Psychology Podcast brought to you by Courtroom Sciences, www.courtroomsciences.com. And I am so happy to announce that this is podcast number 50. Uh, that's a lot. That's awesome. And who is our special guest for our number 50? No other than our actual, theoretically, our producer of this podcast, <laughs> Jackie Argijo. Jackie, um, you poor thing. 50, now it's going to be the 50th time you've had a pour through video, audio files, putting up with me, Dr. Wood. Uh, <laughs> how, is, how has that process been going for you? Have you been enjoying the podcast, uh, uh, the, the podcast series? Well, as everybody knows, I've had a lot of interesting topics to work with. So yes, <laughs> it's been very interesting. Yes. And, and, and the fact that you're behind the scenes is really important because what we have seen here is almost depositions, uh, witness trainings being done exclusively via the Zoom, uh, WebEx, uh, maybe there's some other platforms out there, but very rarely right now have they been going face-to-face. -face. Um, at least one of the parties seems to always be on Zoom, which, which um, I think sets up some challenges, both from audio and, and, and uh, video perspectives. Can you tell the audience kind of briefly about your background in training and, and what you do and how you have special training in these topics? Yes, um, well, I have a degree in video production. Um, when I obtained that degree in 2004, I started working for a litigation company. It was either go out west and film um, movies or stay here and do litigation. I've always kind of had a sweet spot for law and order, so I decided to give that a try. Um, from 2004 to 2010, I was a certified legal videographer, which is a which is an organization that's backed by the National Court Reporters Association and what their goal is to teach uh, legal videographers all the standards and regulations and go that goes into recording the deposition. Well, I think I think I would have taken the uh, the movie gig if I was you. <laughs> dealing, dealing. You know, I was really tempted, but once I started actually becoming a legal videographer, dealing with real life um, situations, people's hearing people's stories, and you know, knowing that how I record them and making sure that it's a perfect product makes a difference in their lives really touched me and had my, um, had my passion since then. So after that, being a legal videographer, I've also worked in courts, um, federal court and district court as a trial operator. So I've seen this process from the very beginning all the way to the very end um, as far as presenting it at trial. So I know what to expect and how it needs to look to be its best when it comes to being in front of a jury. Um, we, I've also done settlement videos, settlement brochures, stay in the life videos. So in an aspect, my training and my, um, degree in video production kind of helped me become prepared for making the best presentation in those sense. Um, and as you can tell right now, um, I'm actually doing this on purpose because this is what I've seen a lot of in, um, Zoom depositions. I see a lot of the witness really in the video, right up close, always looking down because the computer's uh, positioned improperly and then half of their face is lit and half of them isn't um so i really wanted to start this way to kind of grab attention to show this is kind of what i'm seeing which would be completely uh, distracting and improper and it isn't what we shoot for in a live deposition and zoom deposition shouldn't be any different 
No, that makes that makes a lot of sense. And I think we're we're kind of in uncharted territory here yeah. because no one's really. I mean, maybe you had to do it once or twice, but now to do it all the time, there's just, I think a lot of things that are uh, being learned based on uh, trial and error. So let's let's talk about the environment and, 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 and the setup. Um, so I'm assuming you'd, you'd want a location that's pretty quiet with, um, uh, I mean, what kind of lighting? Kind of take us through, because I mean, I know everybody doesn't have a, professional studio <laughs> right uh, or a conference room in their home if they are in their home but what kind of uh, environment tips would you would you give our audience sure so um you're gonna want to choose a room that is the quiet you know away from all the other distractions in the house so if you have kids in the house you have pets in the house you want to choose a room that's away from everybody else as much as possible of course um you're going to want to choose an area where you can get proper lighting. As you can see here, this room you would think would be in wouldn't work. It actually can if you just set up a little bit differently. And there's a couple of things to look for um, to, that'll help you out that I'm gonna show you. So the way I'm set up here, it's because I have light coming in from the window. So I'm lit up from this side and I'm dark on this side because I have nothing to bounce that light off of. Um, I've seen a lot of people set up to where they're sitting like this and like, oh, I have a window, so I'm gonna show everybody outside. But this is what happens when, when you sit in front of a window, which is why in depositions, we try to keep away from setting um, the window right in front of a window. The best scenario for this room is to face to the window. Now, I would say turning on the lights above would work, but as I'm gonna do that, it's gonna bring a beam this way, and I'm gonna have the same situation um, in front of the window. So it's like, no, there you go. Yeah. And well, actually, I mean, it's not too bad except for the shininess that we don't want a distraction of that. A lot of the time in in um, smaller rooms like I'm in, the light is too much on top, and it's they're strong, so it ends up crowding you out just like you were if you were like you know this. So our best situation here would be to move towards the window. That way you have the ambient light coming in and that you don't have too much of a hard shadow on the side. Another goal is to have the computer, the laptop lifted so that they're not looking directly down or into the camera because the laptop is too low, but they're looking up and they're talking to the jury. One way to accomplish that if you don't have a desk that's tall enough is to use books. Um, you have any type of uh, library books that are laying around, school um, books that are laying around. You can lift it and adjust it to the height that you need. And that's another way to make sure that we have a proper positioning for the camera. I am very guilty of this in my podcast because I have a standing desk and I got oh, yeah. so high, so I'm kind of looking down. And But I, I, yell, I like to yell and scream a lot, so that's, that's actually, a, I kind of like that. <laughs> I may have to keep that angle. What 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 happens if we have someone that say is kind of um, they're stuck in more of an open area? They don't have a home office. Uh, maybe they're in their living room or in their kitchen, mm -hmm. um, and you kind of have a bunch of other stuff around. What would be uh, uh, some? I mean, I've seen dogs walking by, cats, uh, you know, goldfish in the background. Um, yeah, there's my turtle. 
they, but sometimes people don't have that, um, maybe kind of office space in their home. I'm assuming, you know, like dining room table with some sort of, um, kind of what you just demonstrated uh, to, to make sure that the lighting's uh, appropriate. Yes. Um, my suggestion for that would be if you have to be in an open area, pick, try to pick an area with as least distracting things behind you. If you need to clear a wall, sometimes I'll do that. Take off some pictures from the wall real quick, let it be more plain in the background. The whole goal is, and this is something that we learned in, in CLVS is that you want the least amount of distractions around the witnesses possible. Cause you want the jury and the judge to pay attention to what's being said, um, not necessarily what's sitting around them. And that can be a distraction. So if you have to be in an open area, um, I always recommend using a headset so that your audio isn't as um, echoey and it stays focused. Um, I would recommend making sure that any animals, any pets um, are put away so that they're not walking behind because it could be a huge distraction. Uh, if you have kids, then ask them to sit in their room for a little while while we're doing the deposition or kind of just reposition. Um, and that would just be the best efforts that you can. It's not going to be perfect. You're not going to have the backdrop. You're not going to have the lighting. That's understandable in the Zoom deposition and the time that we're in right now. You just want to make sure that your witness is prepared and they test their audio. They test their video ahead of time. You want to make sure that they pick a position that's going to make them look the best um, and that has the least amount of distractions in the background. Really, that's the kind of, that's the goals that we're looking for in a Zoom deposition, and that's the best that you're going to be able to do at this point. Let me ask you a question: How, mm -hmm. how does say uh, whether it be a witness, uh, and if I, in fact, um, attorneys are guilty of all these things as well? Um, how do they go about the process of um, testing? Is there is there a way to kind of do that before you get online with everybody else so you can play with it? Sure. There's um there's a website that you can go to to test the speed of your um, connection because you want to make sure that uh, if in your house if you can connect to a hard line that you do. If you have to use Wi-Fi, then that's fine. Um, we just want to make sure that the speed is up to the par. If you go to speedtest.net, then they'll be able to, um, you'll be able to run the program and it'll check the speed of your computer and your internet connection, which will help a lot when it comes to um, setting up for your Zoom deposition. Now, what I've done before podcasts or before virtual witness trainings is I'll go on Zoom and just start a meeting and just have myself mm -hmm. and actually... Yeah. The, you know, I'll play with my lighting, my background, um, just so I know where I want to be. And then I'll just close it out. And then when the regular session comes, I log in. I've already made all my mistakes. I've tested my audio, uh, you know, tested the speed. So I think that's something that's important. So you actually see what you're going to look like. I think, I think the vast majority of people just click on that link. And they just, they go, they just roll with it. They don't. They're ready to go. And then, cause I remember I, I did a, uh, I did one of the first podcasts. I'm thinking, I'm gonna, I, I look like, I look like shit. Um, I, this is terrible. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I have to play with this and until I played with it. It really didn't, I really didn't know what I was doing, but yeah, I think that's something in which, uh, um, the, the quality of the audio and the video, uh, can be, uh, increased drastically 
if just the witness and the attorney do a little homework uh, before the actual actual uh, deposition. Um, yes, that would that helps a lot. Um, and you can kind of reference that to a videographer going in an hour ahead of time to set up for a deposition. That's exactly what we do on on-site depositions. Um, you go in ahead of time, make sure you have the best singing, make sure everything's set up right, audio's good, video's good. It's the same thing. If you want, um, if the attorneys can, or if they're able to, get with the witness before, the day before, <clears throat> and and check with them, or a paralegal can check with them, that would be setting you up for, you know, an ideal Zoom deposition. Yeah, I, I, I think you're completely right. And it doesn't take a lot of time, and it's so... So important. Uh, let's finish up with a, co uh, a couple of other uh, miscellaneous things. Um, everybody's guilty of this. And man, I did some, I was doing some Zoom uh, uh, CLE seminars and like an idiot, I left my email on in the background. And every <laughs> seconds it was ding, ding, ding. And then something else would pop up and I was like, oh. Can you talk about how you really need to turn off all of your other programs on your computer? Otherwise, you're going to get these, you know, sometimes your emails will pop up, mm -hmm. you know, you'll get the little preview, yep. a lot of stuff that you don't want other people seeing. Can you just talk about the importance of closing out all of those applications? Well, it's, it's very important. So I'm glad you brought it up. Um, making sure those programs are closed, but also making sure the notification settings are closed because teams can be turned off, it could be closed, but that doesn't mean the notification isn't gonna pop up. It still will, unless you close the settings or change the settings to not pop up. Um, another thing, miscellaneous thing I want to bring up, witnesses don't have an option for a laptop, so they have to record on their cell phone. Um, I've seen this, times already, just at the very beginning. Yeah. Um, highly recommend, highly recommend if possible to have them do use a laptop because it's so much harder to move around with a laptop. Um, with cell phones, they have this device in their hand and they're like, oh, I can move around because it's in my hand and oh, I need to do something over here in the kitchen. And next thing you know, you're seeing the whole house. You're not even seeing their face. You're seeing their shoulders and, you know, the ceiling and everything else while they're answering questions. And that is completely unusable in trial as far as video, because I mean, you're, that's too much of a distraction. They're not even paying attention to what's being said at that point. Um, if they have to use a cell phone, because it's absolutely the only thing that they have, they don't have a tablet, they don't have a laptop. Um, they can't go to the conference room, which is another option of if your firm allows to have that witness just go to your conference room, y'all still stay in your office areas and everybody connect in Zoom, um, is if they have to have a, a phone, but they set their phone up on a stand, they sell these wonderful little clip things that hold your phone, the Dollar Tree, 99 cents. Um, they can set the phone up in the stand. They set it up on a table with the books to be the right height in the right position and they leave it alone. They don't touch it, they don't, they hit record or they hit start video and that's it. Um, 
I've seen people on the couch <laughs> with their phone in front of them and they're just like, oh, what's up? You know, <laughs> this isn't that type of, it's not a FaceTime. This is an actual deposition. Another thing the witnesses and attorneys need to be aware of is their audio. Audio is super sensitive when it comes to recording on Zoom. You're using your computer microphone and it's going to pick up everything. If you start typing, you're going to hear stuff. If you touch it too much, you're going to hear stuff. Um, so just be very careful if you whisper something to yourself, it's on there. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, yeah, what I find, you know, talking about the couch, um, and they've, there's been, there's already been some online trials, disastrous, people don't, when people are sitting on their couch, they don't behave professionally, they don't act professionally, I don't think they really mm -mm. communicate professionally, so if you do have a witness, I, I do agree, get them to a business setting, even if it's a local court reporting firm or a different law firm, or you're just get them someplace and you can stay separated and socially distanced, but to have them in a more legal business setting, they'll sit up straight, they'll be at a table. I think people behave differently uh, like that. Um, finally, last question, and we kind of talked about this earlier, but I, I want to bring up something specific is, if you, if you are doing this at home, say you're a witness or you're an attorney and you're just at home, right? In your home office mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, if you go online, there's a lot of um, um, uh, virtually based uh, school things going on right now. And I don't know if you, yeah. I've, I've seen some pretty hilarious videos of some kid on, on like doing what we're doing. And then like mom gets out of the shower and <laughs> with her towel and the teacher's going, you know, Bobby, shut your, shut your video down. I can see you. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if that's happened in deposition yet, but I heard, I have heard of some, just really not just unprofessional, just kind of embarrassing personal things that you don't want any seeing. I think the way to solve that, which is what I just did before this podcast, I went out and talked to my family. I'm like, don't bother me. Don't make any, mm. do not open up this door unless the house is on fire. <laughs> I'm assuming that's what you would tell your folks is to, to warn whoever else is in the house or office. I need quiet. I need peace. Don't be popping your head in because it's going to be on the video. Correct. Um, it's just like putting, you know, you're out of office or that you're busy a signal up when on your emails. Um, same same protocol as in a deposition on site, you know, your receptionist would be the one to say it. Um, in Zoom, each location, the person participating in the Zoom needs to be the one responsible for making sure that everyone around them is understands that they're going live, you know, a little record sign or, you know, if we want to take it from Hollywood, recording in progress or um, some, some indication and some sort of preemptive information to everybody else in the location that, hey, we're going live, we're going, recording, do not enter, do not disturb. That'd be very um, helpful and ideal to keep in these type of embarrassing situation from happening. It's just, it's so hard now because with everybody stuck home, particularly if you're doing one of these from home, it's, it's hard <laughs> to uh, you know, uh, distract it, particularly if you have multiple kids in the house. Well, Jackie, thank, oh, yeah. you, so much. thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, excellent information for our clients as they're probably gonna keep proceeding with uh, virtual um, 
uh, virtual uh, depositions for some time. And maybe because of the lack of travel and cost savings, who knows, maybe something like this is going to stick at some level going forward forever. So I think as we continue to do these both for witness prep and as you do them for depositions, uh, as we gather information, we'll have it to share with our clients so that they make sure their deposition prep sessions and regular depositions are being done in the most professional way possible. So Jackie, if one of our clients um, has questions about virtual depositions or deposition witness prep and how the setup should be, or they actually want to schedule one, uh, what, what can they do to do that? Um, they just need to reach out to case management at courtroomsciences.com and we'll be able to help them out with it. And they can always go to our website, uh, www.courtroomsciences.com. Yes, to schedule through our website. Um, you can schedule via email or by phone. Outstanding. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. And thank you, everybody, for uh, um, uh, being part of another episode, our 50th episode, 5-0 <laughs> of the Litigation Psychology Podcast. We will see you soon. See you for number 51, Dr. Bill Kanaski. See you next time.